Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Free now, free now, free now, free now, free cool. now, free now. You're a child. You're an absolute child. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the post-WrestleMania podcast. Far more interesting than a post-WrestleMania Raw or a post-WrestleMania SmackDown, apart from the fact that we don't have any call-ups or anything of any real note to say but still very very much worth tuning in for i am joined by what wrestlemanias would you be i think chris would be wrestlemania 9 what no um just the one that everyone knows about but for all the wrong reasons <laughs> and garth you've got to be wrestlemania 1 because you are so old thanks it's all right man i got you back and i would and you're have... wrestlemania 33 because you have a lot of potential but ultimately disappointing <laughs> that's what my girlfriend says about me anyway um (laughs) but ladies and gentlemen it has been so we've just been talking about this it has been such a long weekend of wrestling i mean me and chris have have watched and reviewed nxt takeover new york which was show of of the week show of the week probably going to be show of the year uh, we yep. watched a G1 Supercard, which was not. And we watched, obviously, WrestleMania, which all in all, including, not including the pre-show, sorry, was five and a half hours long. Now, I know that, Garth, you put a message on the WhatsApp group about how you'd seen quite a lot of negativity regarding the amount of time it took and, you know, the runtime. But genuinely, yeah. aside from one match, this flew by relatively i thought yeah it was pretty good yeah i mean i watched it live and there was the lull in the middle where the sort of tiredness kicked in but i just happened to your age yeah, no, no. <laughs> um but it never felt it was never at a point where right i'm done i'm going to turn it off and maybe watch the rest i still wanted to watch it yeah absolutely it was it was a good it was Cards on the table now, and before we get into reviewing the matches, giving our star ratings, and you know, analyzing this these matches in the professional way, we are you know we're getting we are getting recognition for. He says sarcastically. Um, <laughs> where does this rate for you in terms of WrestleManias, Chris? Somewhat middle of the road. Middle of the road. Are we looking middle yeah, of the like... road towards the top or middle of the road more negative? Well, it's the best mania since 30. 
So I'll give it that. Better than 31? 31 doesn't hold up to rewatches with the exception of Lesnar versus um, Reigns. The Intercontinental Championships match is fun. Fair enough, yeah. Fair Rusev. enough. Okay, apart from, apart from two matches. Rusev appears in a fucking tank. Right, yeah, but like I can just have that in my dreams, Rob. Bray Wyatt took on Undertaker in a in vastly a match. underwhelming match. Sting got jobbed. St- st- you can't say that WrestleMania 31 isn't good. Look at that Sting makeup. And, and the entrance. And the, oh my God, the entrance. We I'd talking, like to say I'm not the one who took this off course. I We will be talking about Triple H's fucking entrance in a moment. Well, I'll say in a moment. But let's let's start with the pre-show. Uh, well, no, I didn't ask Garth. Where's it rate for you? Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, at the beginning, like when it when it ended, I think because of the ending, it soured the whole thing, like sort of straight away. But then when I've sort of gone back and thought about it, there wasn't really was there a bad match? I don't think there was a bad match. Um, there was a couple of bad segments, like really shit segments. But I wouldn't class them. The out and out matches. I wouldn't say there was any really bad matches. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I just it would. I'd probably put it up there, sort of as an upper mid carder. <laughs> yeah, it's the Finn Balor of WrestleManias. Uh, I think yeah, that's probably it. the best way it's of a uh, solid describing Dolph Ziggler it. After ten. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've got sixteen fucking matches to review. Um, well, some some of our reviews will be longer than the matches themselves. Um, overall, I think the run the running order, with the odd exception, was pretty much spot on. Um, yeah. Especially the opener. I don't think any of us saw that coming. That was just a, an absolute masterstroke. Um, but, it was brilliant bringing out Hogan like that. Oh, incredible! And. <laughs> I could just, I could almost hear Chris's annoyance. I was laughing. No, I was laughing. It was fucking hilarious to me. I was, like, I was cheering. Like she said, WrestleMania moment in my head. I was like, oh, it's going to be the rock. That's going to be cool. Done, 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 done. <laughs> I was like, Garth is going to be so happy right now. I did wake up my brother. He did come down and say, why are you laughing? Um, but it was it was actually quite funny. Apart from, and he tried to do the whole of oh, Silverdome brother. It's like, oh, you're very funny, Hogan. Go back, and, <laughs> go back home and be racist in private. Speaking of Paul Hogan's racism, um, there are certain things that are always going to happen in life. There are some things that are staples of life. The sun will rise. The sun will set. Hulk Hogan will say something racist. And the Cruiserweights will be on the pre-show of WrestleMania. <laughs> um, and yeah, sure enough, match. not only were they on the pre-show of WrestleMania, but Buddy Murphy, the champion, was out first. Too little to no fanfare. Every champion was out first this time. Yeah, I think you are... No, you are incorrect. Oh, who, who came out second? Brock. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Oh, I. Yeah, but Brock did come out first. And Samoa oh, Joe. Because Paul came, Samoa Joe came in second as well. Oh, right. So you're, oh. You, you've made one point and it's completely wrong. Minus one I mean, point. I pointed out that I'm free, I, I went 3 0 on many a weekend. So. Yeah, but you also said all the champions came out first and you're just wrong. So anyway. Wait, I'm sorry, Rob. It was a very long show. It was a very, very long show. Anyway, Buddy Murphy came out first. Garth 
we have a new Cruiserweight Champion. Tony Nese defeats Buddy Murphy for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. What do you yeah. think of this match? I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being brutal because by the time I, I got to the uh, to the WrestleMania party, um, it was the tag match was just starting, so I missed the first two matches, and I just couldn't be bothered to go back and watch them. <laughs> so I've got them down as not, appli- <laughs> not applicable. <laughs> We're professionals here at For Botmania. sake. Right, okay, Chris, <laughs> save me here, please, man. What did you think? It was a really good match. Um, like, really solid um, cruiserweight match. Um, Buddy Murphy really needs to just stop copying the Golden Lovers. Like, it's starting to get to the point of parody. But it was really good. Everyone, no, there was no real botches, which is good considering some of the spots they attempted. Um, Tony Nese actually had me behind him. And I, I've always loved Tony. I've loved Tony Nese since the Cruiserweight Classic. And I think it's really great. Like, it doesn't feel like a WrestleMania victory, but also this isn't technically a WrestleMania show. So I'm, I'm quite happy with how this match went. It was, like, above average, but not especially memorable. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think the... <laughs> The main problem I had with it, and this is, you know, a small a small point really, is is Tony Nice. I mean, we've all said how great Buddy Murphy is. The man is an outstanding wrestler, and to be honest, he's carried himself like a champion. He's been a champion in everything he's done. Do we see Tony Nice in that same build? Is he a champion? My my thought was throughout the match, even though you're absolutely right, Chris, there were some great spots. That moonsault that Tony Nice did whilst Buddy Murphy was locked in the ropes, that was great. Um, the running Nice is still a savage, savage move. But I couldn't help thinking throughout this, and this might just be me, I wish this was Tozawa. Or <laughs> I wish it was, I don't know, Jack Gallagher. Oh, or Kendrick. Or Ken... Just... And that's nothing against Tony Nice. I just find him, you know, he's a man with abs. And yeah. is that necessarily a WrestleMania match? Is he not <laughs> like a man with abs taking the title? Yes. He's a two or five live version of Chris Masters. No, yes. he's better than Chris Masters. He Come is. On. Um, he, he's got he, the build. I, I get you with, like, not quite seeming like a champion yet, but, like, you can build him as champion. Yeah, I am. I think yeah, I think, he, I think he'll do well in the role. I I think you do, I think it's just because you love Buddy Murphy so much and you can't really see past it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't know. I just whereas last year we had Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali and that felt like I, a I agree, WrestleMania I agree match. that felt like a real. Co- it felt like a combination of like the two biggest baby faces. It was like the old Warrior versus Hogan of um, the cruiserweights, but eh, like. The, the cruiserweight division is sort of nowhere. Like Buddy Murphy's been champion for a while, and needs to go on someone. I'm glad it's needs because I really like him. It's sort of like when I don't know that one Scottish hockey fan was happy when he won the um, <laughs> light heavyweight championship. You know, like it doesn't really matter, and I'm happy because I like Tony Nice. Yeah, I'm glad they've put it on someone new as opposed to just you know recycling Cedric Alexander or something like or that. Tazawa. Or Tazawa. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would have loved it if it was Tazawa. I think it would have been a better match, but I'm happy to tell I'd have loved if Kenta came out and just kicked the shit out of both of them. But... Yeah, that's not going to happen, though, is it? Um, no. I'm happy that Tony Nese has won it in his home city as well. So, Chris, what are you giving it? Six, like, because there's nothing memorable. So Yeah, I agree with you. There was one spot, really, I remembered. Um, so, six stars. Yeah, I'm happy with that. 
Um, the second match, uh, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. Uh, 17 women taking place, because, uh, okay, 17 apparently. Um, random. And it was Carmella who won uh, by last eliminating Sarah Logan at 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Now, I'm going to start on this one. Can anyone remember the ending last year of the <laughs> WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal? I don't know, Rob. I was pretty fucking drunk. Okay, so let me just paint you a picture. The last two last year were Sasha Banks and Bailey, who at the time were in the midst of this will they, won't they feud that got the crowd very, very excited. Bailey eliminated Sasha Banks, and the crowd went, Holy shit, this will be the end of the friends. And then, oh, spoilers, Naomi hadn't been eliminated, slid in, and won the battle royal by eliminating Be- uh, sorry, Bailey. Now, if that seems familiar, that is because I've literally, point for point, just described the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal from WrestleMania (laughs) 35. Sarah Logan thought she had won by eliminating, I think, Sonya Deville... No, uh, Asuka, sorry. And then, out of nowhere, Carmella never got eliminated and eliminated Sarah Logan. That is just lazy. Absolutely lazy. What a great opportunity this would have been to build the Riot Squad, to build Sarah Logan. And instead, we get Carmella, which, don't get me wrong, I've got no issues with Carmella. I've got no issues. I don't think she's a champion. Don't get me wrong. And I think I've made that perfectly clear on past podcasts. But, you know, she's good. She needs to have something to do. So this is a new gimmick for her. I've enjoyed her work with R-Truth. I just I don't understand the ending. It was lazy, lazy booking. So lazy. The thing is, like WWE like to think that people don't remember this stuff, but so many people noted that on Twitter or on Facebook that I saw. I'm not so gonna lie, people, I didn't know, is it? Loads of people just said this is copy and paste booking and it's it's it shouldn't be happening. No, it shouldn't. And I understand the necessity of putting the women on the card. You want the women on the card, but fucking hell, come on. Yeah. Um, I'm not really bothered that I missed this. No, I wouldn't be. Um, To be perfectly honest, does anyone remember anything of any note here? I mean, you've got Kyrie Sane hitting the insane elbow, uh, Nikki Cross getting mental at the start. We had the return of Ember Moon, which was very nicely glossed over. I Um, remember seeing Candice (laughs) LeRae for half a second going, oh, good, Candice LeRae. I really like Candice LeRae when she was eliminated. Yeah. Oh, look, there's Candice LeRae. Oh, bye, Candice LeRae. You know what it's like? It was like the WrestleMania 25 battle royale. Yeah, it was. Uh, It really was. The two people to get entrances in this, which I thought was extremely entertaining, were Asuka, obviously, the the favourite to win this, and then Naomi. Why the fuck did Naomi get an entrance? I'm assuming because (laughs) she was the previous winner. Because she's a amazing. I mean, and her entrance does not lend itself to a stadium that's <laughs> no. not in the dark. Like, I'm, 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 no. My mum was still off at this point. I just turned to her going, look, this is normally in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be Context. there. <laughs> um, this was shit. I'm giving it four stars. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. But also, fun fact, Naomi, my niece's favourite wrestler. Okay. Oh, right. Should we just get this over with? Who are all the rest of your family's favourite wrestlers? It's a big family, so I'll just do it as they happen. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, 
We move on then to the tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships with Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, the Edgeheads or La Familia, whatever you want to call them, defeating the champions, the Revival, in 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Not only becoming the new Raw Tag Team Champions, but also breaking Kurt Hawkins's fictional 265 match losing streak. <laughs> now, I actually really really enjoyed this match i thought it was really good fun i thought even though you know potentially kurt hawkins and Zack Ryder aren't the most testing challenge of the revival the revival looked fucking great here yeah they showed such great tag team wrestling they were especially especially considering they've been told you have to drop the belts to hawkins and Ryder. exactly they could they could have went out there and absolutely just done a shit show but they could have done. They could have done. And the fact yeah, that... It was an excellent match. Yeah. Scott Dawson, especially. The way he was treating Kurt Hawkins and Zach as though <laughs> they weren't worthy of the time. There was one point where Kurt Hawkins was knocked out in the middle of the ring. And Scott Dawson is turning to the crowd going, you think we're going to lose to this guy? This guy? <laughs> Are you being serious? I just think Dash Rowder did the same thing at the Hall of Fame the night before. Weird, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 Talking about repeat booking. Jesus. Um... But just everything the revival did, the way they were cutting off the ring, the way, you know, their tandem moveset is great. They're such a wasted tag team in the WWE at the moment. I mean, I know the entire tag team division is a sham, to be perfectly honest. You know, both women and men. But it's such a shame because if they can put on matches like this with no offence to Hawkins and Ryder, but with Hawkins and Ryder, you know... And yeah, I understand a lot of the hype around this match was will Kurt Hawkins break that streak? And oh my God, Zack Ryder is still a thing. But (laughs) even so, it's still great that the Revival can put on a good match with these two, proving just how good they are. Because you're absolutely right, Garth. With everything that's going round at the moment, with them asking for their release and things like that, you'd be forgiven for thinking they're just going to phone it in. Not only are they going to drop the titles to Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, they're also on the fucking pre-show. So... You could be forgiven for that. Um, Chris, what did you think of this match? Um, it was it was good. Um, I, I was slightly upset because this is one of the few matches where I dropped a point. But this was, Put this was your fine dick enough. Away. This, is, <laughs> this is one of the better pre-show matches we've had in a while, and like I love Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins is fun if not if not the best wrestler like he couldn't have a great match with AJ and PWG I've seen but it was fine I like the story um I think it makes the revival look a bit weak losing to them two nights in a row but oh well six <laughs> yeah but that's what happens when you piss Vince off <laughs> fair enough yeah I mean it was nice for a pre-show match to have a story just any yeah. story. And I know it was a simple First one. First time but... since we Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm happy with six stars. I think it was a solid match. I think the Revival carried it somewhat, but yeah. it was it was a good match. It was just a good, good tag team match, just a solid match. with, And it actually had the first of many sort of feel-good moments. Yeah, and it was nice to have one of those on the pre-show as well. I mean, there was a lot... A lot of title changes. A lot of title changes on this show. But this one was one yeah. that felt organic. It wasn't done to shock. Mm-hmm. It was it was quite an organic one. Similar to, not, well, not similar to the Kofi Kingston one, but, you know, one that you felt was coming. 
Kurt um, Hawkins is just like Kofi Kingston. He is. Kurt Hawkins is Kofi Kingston. He he represents. He really does. Um, now, <laughs> um, I love this match. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy uh, was won by Braun Strowman, who won by last eliminating one of the hosts of Saturday Night Live. I think it was Colin Jost in 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Now, what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to sit ourselves down. We're going to cozy up to the fire or whatever is warm next to you. Um, You're going to get a drink. And you're going to settle in for a nice long segment of Garth hates on shit. So, <laughs> Garth, if you'd like to take it away, please. This was fucking dreadful. Honestly, I liked this is, it. This is one of the worst mini matches I think I've ever seen, and I'm not like I'm not like. This is worse than like fucking Doink versus whoever he had at WrestleMania ten. <laughs> That I can't remember because it was so crap. It's honestly, this was just what the fuck is the point in this? Like, what is the point? Like, it doesn't really get brawn over because he beats two fucking nobodies, and you just had like people there just dropping out. I mean, why was um, Jeff Hardy there? He could barely walk down the ramp. He was so you could blatantly tell he was so injured. He even had a timeout in the corner at one point. <laughs> I turned to like and made the thing. I went, look at Jeff Hardy. He's just sitting there because he's fucked. <laughs> it was just shit. There was no... I can't even remember any decent spots. Um, Were there any spots? Those two guys of SNL just climbed under the ring. Um, And the, sh- the worst thing about that was the show did them doing it. If they'd let them just do it, it like off camera and then a the little bit of a surprise, but like... We saw it, so it was like, well, they're obviously going to come out at the end, and then Braun's just going to pull them over. But there was one part where I thought um, Andrade it looked like he might have sort of fell off when he wasn't supposed to. When he did the Hurricane Rana off the apron and then landed on the floor, and everyone just kind yeah, of went, because it looked like he was fuck. It looked like he was supposed to grab the rope. <laughs> the look on his face. Yeah, and he sort of slipped. So I thought, because I was thinking, I wonder if he was maybe supposed to win it, but. Nah, Braun was winning it all day. Yeah, absolutely. So something that did annoy me was we had a stare down between Harper and Braun, which everyone got hyped yeah. for, and then it wasn't mentioned again. Um, yeah, we also had happened. no. We had Ali smash his face into the announce desk. Oh yeah, um, that was pretty horrible. That was a I got, I got mistaken for a second because before you talk, my boy, he just got a throat stab. But <laughs> um. Chris, what did you think of this? Now that Garth has I loved this calmed match. himself this down, was, this was fun. I've had, I really enjoyed this. It was stupid. It was actually objectively quite bad, but I really enjoyed it. I give it a two out of ten. Oh, I just sent it fun. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd give this a five. I think it was perfectly serviceable. No one was buried. Like the guys from SNL didn't even get an offense. They just hid, came in, had a funny spot, and got destroyed. Wasn't I mean, I, funny? No, I I disagree completely. Whereas last year we had a re, you know we had the formation of the deleters of worlds, uh, WrestleMania thirty three that was dog shit as well. Um, did Baron Corbin win it at thirty two? Yes. And then you know it was it was sort of you know it wasn't a great battle royal, but even so, Baron Corbin won it and sort of became 
a, a sort of monster. This was just it was it was crap. I mean, it was utter crap. There was there was no need for it. I mean, this did this need to be at WrestleMania? No. I mean, celebrity involvement. So fucking what? Nobody knew who they were. They got literally no, no reaction at all. No reaction. And the man was wearing a Cleveland Brown shirt with <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr.'s name on it. Odell Beckham Jr. was one of New York Giants' biggest players. And they were at the home ground of the New York Giants. He's basically <laughs> walking into a Manchester United football stadium wearing a Liverpool shirt, and he still got no reaction because nobody gave a shit. And I'm sorry, but if you're going to do celebrity involvement, actually have the celebrities who we actually give a shit about. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this doesn't... Have in there? It's re- yeah. Ugh. This, doesn't, this doesn't give Braun any... I mean, it just shows you how far Braun's fallen down the pecking order. It really does. It really does. I mean, side note, he looks fucking great now, by the way. Shredded oh, to no. fuck. Um... But yeah, I can't give this above a three. <laughs> on on just on conscience. <laughs> I just I can't. Unconscience. I, I this has got to go on the website, remember? Yeah, and I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not having. I mean, we've had made some outrageous claims in the past. Some outrageous claims. Name but, one. Name one. Because <laughs> everything you say is an outrageous claim. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm going to get the Podmania match ratings up and i'm going to tell you if we if we rank this five stars which is half marks in our 10 star rating system available at podmania.co.uk um this is the kind of company that it is going to be in okay so let's load up the five stars i mean ultimately i've got last six i type it up so it's gonna be three stars anyway but i'm just making a fucking point now um it's so you're telling me it is the same as the um the Tessa Blanchard Taya Valkyrie match from Bound for Glory. Are you telling me it is in the same category as EC3 versus Velveteen Dream? Um, we give that a five. The Rockers versus Power and Glory. Are you telling me, Chris, that this is in the same ilk as Suzuki versus Sakuraba from Wrestle Kingdom Nine? No, absolutely no, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> so no, it is a three-star match. It was a waste of time. No, it's three stars. Anyway. Whew. Wow. Right. That's you, Tultris. Sit down. Teach your voice. <laughs> we then got onto the main show proper, and good God, I've missed Pyro. And you said this, Chris. God, how much yeah. does Pyro make you excited to be a wrestling fan again? They, um, used it, they used it at every opportunity. Absolutely every opportunity. This is the one time of the year we're using Pyro. Fucking get it in on everything. <laughs> um, Roman Reigns got fucking loads. And The Miz. The Miz got fucking loads. Um, <laughs> anyway, we started with Alexa Bliss coming out saying that she could create WrestleMania moments at the click of her fingers she clicked her fingers and a racist appeared it was incredible (laughs) (laughs) a wild racist appeared uh hulk hogan (laughs) he used the (laughs) n-word hulk hogan thinks remember vince did as well on tv once yeah i know but (laughs) very different context exactly Um, it was to a white person so anyway (laughs) hulk hogan appears and says some things 
Um, basically, no idea why he's there. Then they do some kind of pose down, him and Alexa Bliss. And then suddenly, as though lost on his way to the bathroom, Paul Heyman marches past them and goes to the ring. And this gets more of a pop than Hulk Hogan got. He's marches it down to like the ring. It sounds like Hulk Hogan shit. It <laughs> he marches down to the ring, gets a microphone and says, I'm sorry, I'm not waiting till the end of the show. If we're not headlining, we do this now so that my client can get on a plane to Las Vegas where he is ultimately appreciated. Ha! UFC that was, puns. That was a really... Uh, that was brilliant. Um, and we opened with the Universal Championship match. Masterstroke. Absolute yeah. masterstroke. It was, because if this was in the middle of the card, no one will have cared. No, and I think... Not, I think not that was the, the risk they ran. Yeah, not with the outcome and the way the match was. I think when you've got... I mean, everyone has talked about this being the three babyface show. You've got Seth going over Brock, you've got Kofi going over Daniel Bryan, you've got Becky Lynch going over in the main event. Of those three matches, the one that everyone was least invested in was Seth versus Brock. And if that is going on, like you say, halfway through the card, people are going to lose it. You know, they're not they're not going to be interested. As you said before we came on air, um, Garth, there was a lull in the middle of the paper. You can't afford to, that lull to happen during the Universal yeah. Championship match. So Brock comes out with his pyro. His entrance is so much better with his pyro. Seth comes out with a new Tron, the Beast Slayer. It looks like an absolute million dollars. And Brock destroys Seth. <laughs> It, it got to the point where it was genuinely uncomfortable to carry on watching. It was Suzuki levels of uncomfortable. Genuinely, I thought it was a shoot. I was like, <laughs> has Seth said something about Brock's failed drug test or something? Fucking hell. <laughs> I thought we were going to get a SummerSlam 2016 moment, but nevertheless, Brock does all this on the outside of the ring, so the bell doesn't ring, rolls Seth back in, and Seth manages to knock the referee somehow and low blows Brock. Three curb stomps later and Seth Rollins defeats Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal Championship in two minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, Seth Rollins is a new Universal Champion. Garth, opinione. I like this. <laughs> I really loved it. I've got... It wasn't a long match, so I haven't give it. A high, I'll give it a six just because it wasn't really long, and it was quite. What's the word? I mean, the fact that um, Rollins had took an absolute pasting, and then he just seemed to jump up, was a bit sort of jarring. Um, but overall, I think it was the perfect, like the the best way they could have opened the show. I agree. Um, any sort of idea that people maybe thought oh, they'll have like a slow build? Nah, straight off, straight off the bat, just change championship changes hands. And Brock Lesnar was, to be fair to Brock, like he got his shit in, so he still looks strong. But obviously, he's going to go away now. <clears throat> but no, I think it was the perfect start, and Rollins like thoroughly deserves it, and I think he's going to be. A good champion. So, yeah, six out of ten. Absolutely. Um, Chris? This minded me a lot of, um, I don't know if you remember it, I don't believe you don't, the Roman Brock match from SummerSlam. 
where like Brock absolutely dominated, then like Roman got this amazing comeback and it was ultimately a very short match, but felt uncomfortably long because of how Brock destroys people. Was it was it was a way busted Brock Orban? Um no no no, this was that's thirty one. Alright. Um Was but, it where Braun interrupted? Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't remember it that well. I was very drunk, but um seems, seems to be a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a happy man. Uh, <laughs> The um, but anyway, yeah, and I just sort of reminded me of that, like in sort of my hazy memory of it. And but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Again, this was in the middle of the show; no one will have cared. Like the adrenaline of oh, suddenly it's the world title. It's like what Ring of Honor tried to do at the 17th anniversary, except for two people who are over, Matt Taven. But um, yeah, I give this a seven for pure emotion. To be honest with you. I'm going to go with Garth, I think it's a six, just for the timing. I don't think we can give a two-minute match seven stars. Um, but <laughs> I agree, completely the right way to open the card. Crowd massively into it. I think this gave Seth a much bigger pop than if they tried to put it halfway through the card. Really good word, WWE. Put everyone on the right foot going, you know, going forward. Everyone was on board from then on. Uh, yeah, really, really good match. Six stars. We then moved on to the singles match with and AJ Styles defeating Randy Orton in 16 minutes and 20 seconds. Chris, opinion. I would like I, I would like to sum up my, my thoughts on this match because it wasn't really an interesting match for the most part. So I'm going to just go with it with a short little blurb I had on my Twitter. Briefly, I saw Randy Orton's ass. I can die happy now. <laughs> <So that's... laughs> okay. So you're an ass man. <laughs> dun, dun. So, right. In what way was that journalistic analysis? I never, I'm not paid to analyze wrestling, though. I'm not paid at all. Garth, please save us. <laughs> um, it was better than I expected. Much better, because Randy Orton actually looked like he gave a shit. Um, which always helps in a Randy Orton match. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, it was good. I mean, most of the action was pretty sort of standard fare, but there were a couple of good spots, like the um, the fact he kicked out of the RKO, and the sort of highlight of the fact that nobody kicks out of that very often. No, um, it is like a very protected move. So it, it, the crowd were into it, um, and the, the like the the forearm that he delivered outside looked stiff as hell. Really did. Um, and it was just good, and like I say, when Randy's on it, he's really good. Like he's a really good wrestler. And he puts people over, and he gets his stuff in, and I just enjoyed it. it was like it wasn't a stellar match. I had, didn't really have any story. It was just a reason for them to be on the card. But it was a perfect it, second match. Yeah, but AJ is so good that like I'm happy to watch that type of stuff. So oh, yeah. that potential, eh? Yeah, oh, the most potential. <laughs> uh, Phenomenal potential. Um, but uh, I've gone for six because there was really no stake and there was no real sort of meaning behind it, but it was a solid match. But yeah, six. Uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you for your rating, not your <laughs> review, because apparently you can't do that. So can you please just give me, in one word, your star rating? <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> seven. I'll give it a seven because it was gonna... actually really good. Just, eh. 
Like it was above average, but not memorable. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven as well. I think it was, it was a match that I thought might be good because, you know, we get two very different types of Randy Orton match. You get the Randy Orton match where he's not arsed and he phones in in his performance, which is unfortunately 75% of Randy Orton matches. Um, but then you will get him against random opponents where you think, fucking hell, he is up for this and it's excellent. And, you know, it was a good match. There was nothing spectacular. AJ Styles performed the majority of the excellent spots. But even so, it was an enjoyable match. Far better than I thought it was going to be. Didn't go too long. Though I do feel sorry. I, anyone who follows Randy Orton on uh, Instagram or Twitter will see the photo um, that some people had during that match where literally they can't oh, see yeah. the ring because they are blinded by the lights. So Randy Orton has issued an apology and said, WWE fucked up, but just in case you're wondering, you missed a great match. Um, So, yeah, I'll give it seven because Randy Orton actually tried. And I feel that needs recognition. Don't worry, Randy, (laughs) we got you back. Um, We then moved on to the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships with the Usos, the current champions, retaining over Blackashay, Rusev and Nakamura and the bar in 10 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, Chris, opinion on this match, please. It was fine. Um, like Nakamura actually seemed quite charismatic in this match for the first time in quite a while, especially in his entrance. It was a bit weird. Like, cause I haven't seen Nakamura with charisma in about a year, actually. So it's quite interesting to see. Um, I still would. Um <laughs> <laughs> like um it was it was just like a fine fatal four way match, like a bit of a car crash, but like not much to, a much of a car crash to really be memorable. Um when Seamus did fantasize about a four way where he got double teamed by twins, this isn't quite what he meant, but it was a fun match. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the closing sequence was fun, but unfortunately with the amount of matches we had on this card, I think this was one of those that was sort of shorn of time a little bit. Um, but, you know, everything Ricochet and Alistair Black did was excellent. I really, 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 really want to see an Alistair Black and Shinsuke Nakamura feud. That would be great just for the striking alone. Um, like, say, the closing sequence where everybody got their, just got their shit in. When Cesaro did this spin on Ricochet and it seemed to last four and a half days, that was brilliant. <laughs> I know, really one of my tweets fun. was, um, Ricochet must feel how I did after my 21st birthday. <laughs> the sh- I love the Seamus spot where he just kept on smashing Alistair Black as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, so, uh, Garth, opinion um, and star rating. I enjoyed it. It was, it was the perfect sort of... I mean, it got them... It got They all got their stuff in. They all looked pretty strong. Um, Rusev was... I don't know. Rusev was pretty much... Not really in it, he was in and out of the match a lot less than the rest of them. The only thing that I don't get, I don't really get on with these matches is half the time you don't even know who the hell is in the ring, like who the hell's the legal person. No, you do sort of lose it a it little just, bit. Shit goes out the window, and it's the same when it comes to the start of the match, it's like, right, you can't come in you, five seconds, and then at the end of it, it's just that, ah, okay, just get in, <laughs> everyone just have a go. Um, I thought. Um, Ricochet and Black got their stuff over and looked really strong. Um, that fucking everlasting um, giant swing must have been, must have given thingy an almighty headache, especially um, as he was already injured from NXT Takeover. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, you could sort of tell as well, yeah. But it was just a good match. It was, it was every bit of six out of ten, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd give it. I I'd mean, give the, it six out of ten. The Usos, re- it was the, the Usos, six out of ten. Yeah, the Usos was. retaining was probably the best result, really, because you don't want to, you don't want to give it to the bar. Ricochet and Black don't really need it, and Rusev and Nakamura were we're never going to get it. So I think it was the right result. Yeah, 100%. That's why I went for them. Um, We move on to the Falls Count Anywhere match with, in all honesty, this was a match that I did not give a shit about. Openly did not give a shit about. I don't think we need to see a Shane McMahon match every single fucking WrestleMania. He's not the Undertaker. But, you know, it, it definitely had one of the best video packages leading into it. I thought it was excellently, really, yeah. really excellently well done. Um, I thought Shane looked amazing. I thought his entrance was fantastic, where he stopped the ring announcer and brought his own sort of <laughs> entrance into it. I thought that was brilliant, proper healing it up, clearly loving it. But we had the Falls Count Anywhere match with Shane McMahon defeating The Miz in 15 minutes and 30 seconds. This is another match that I should not have enjoyed, but really, really did. The Miz, we saw a completely different side of The Miz. The Miz is often labelled, you know, hence the outburst on Talking Smack, as a very safe wrestler. Doesn't do anything over the top, that's why he's never injured. But here, he went fucking mental, especially once... Shane beat the piss out of Papa Miz, which is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But we saw a different side of the Miz, and it made this a far more entertaining prospect. I mean, we got the Miz clotheslining Shane over a balcony onto a golf cart, which was really fun. (laughs) And then he slid horribly onto concrete, which looked like it must have fucking wrecked. We got a skull-crushing finale (laughs) on some rigging. And then we got the ending sequence, which was incredible, where just before this, there was a great moment where The Miz pushed Shane McMahon off this off the aforementioned rigging and Corey Graves lost his shit, convinced it was like a 45-mile plunge yeah. and it turned out there was a level <laughs> just below it. <laughs> and Corey Graves went, oh, didn't didn't realise it was tiered. <laughs> but <You> the ending, <laughs> You bloody idiot. Um, we then got to the ending sequence where they're on the highest part of the rigging and the Miz, Shane McMahon is pleading, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the Miz goes, oh, you're sorry? This is how sorry I think you are. And he suplexes him off the rigging <laughs> and onto a very, very cleverly disguised crash mat slash boxes at the bottom. Neither man can get up. And just because Shane McMahon landed on the Miz, Shane McMahon walks away with the, ta- with the match. I really enjoyed it. Really, really good fun match. Yeah. Um, Chris, opinion, my friend. This was really fun. The story was a bit bollocks because basically, ooh, my dad doesn't love me, but I love him. It's basically one of my songs when I was 13. But it was fun. It was a fun enough Falls Count Anywhere hardcore plunder. And yeah, I basically agree with you. You've touched on all the points. Um, Papa Miz could get beaten up for a million years and I'd enjoy it. Honestly, Papa Miz versus Walter. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I do love the meme potential of Papamis, as I've already put to good use in our WhatsApp chat. But yeah, it's fine. It's 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 fine. Goth, sorry, got pencil in my mouth. Goth. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed it much, much more than I ever thought I would. Um, especially considering, like you say, the story was a bit bollocks. Um, 
they both just just seem to you could tell they enjoyed working together and you can tell that it was just like right just do whatever you want and we'll just fucking we'll put out one of the matches of the night and they, they definitely did um like you say that the bit where we put him over onto that um golf cart and he just sort of bounced off it and landed on the concrete and just thought ah, i don't think that was supposed to happen no. <laughs> not quite as bad as the pco bumper which was on purpose oh good grief oh that pco bump oh that was horrendous. have you seen the pco bump, bump gaff no, not yet. Um, PCL took a power bomb, double power on, bomb from from the um, ring onto the floor. Like no wow. one to catch him, just straight on his back. He's oh, Jesus he's Christ. your age, guy. My age? Is he? How old are you, guy? I'm not forty. <laughs> oh, he's almost your age, guy. <laughs> um, no, I mean all this stuff was good. When uh, the best bit was when, uh, well, not the best bit, one of the best bits is when, when Papa Miz came in and Shane just sort of slowly went over to him and just lifted his hands up a bit. So, like, right now we're ready to fight. <laughs> and he just thought, nah, just get that guy out of here. Um, and did you notice the guy filming on his GoPro? And no. uh, the security quickly got him out of there. <laughs> it's where they went into that clearing. And they had a little bit of a brawl. There was a guy there standing with a GoPro on, and the security quickly got him out. And you could tell the security telling everyone to turn their phones off as well. Right. <clears throat> I'm not being funny, but what part do you, what part of you thinks? I know this is on the WWE network, but I know what will be better than that: some shaky ass footage off my GoPro. Yeah. I mean, no, bear in mind that the man is already paid. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars to be at WrestleMania, to be there in the present. Why would you then film it on your fucking GoPro, you muppet? In fact, we we saw it at TakeOver where people were fucking filming the whole way through. But the guy allegedly at TakeOver who had a laptop on his lap. It's just sort of... It's, it's annoying at live events. You can't seem to... A lot of people can't seem to disconnect from the outside... Well, yeah. like us at Takeover, we were completely in that moment, which led mm-hmm. to an amazing experience. Even though, like in re- watching it back, it maybe not be the best Takeover ever. But then you have those people just filming it, just going, "Oh, the Twitter's going to fucking blow up over this." It's like, yes, it will when the actual WWE footage gets out. But you found a way, you knob. Yeah. <laughs> like ICW shows, we actually have to go. Do not film our shows. It is piracy. You are stealing our content. That's it. It's just people just, uh, it's just especially when you're taking a fucking GoPro, which means no one actually, watches them. I know. Yes, actually, go home, upload that shit, uh, and then put it on the internet. By which time, everybody else has already done it. He has f- he has three subs: his mum, a palm bot, and his ex girlfriend who forgot <laughs> to subscribe. <laughs> Fuck off. Okay, his dad. Right. His dad doesn't love him enough to subscribe. No one loves him. <laughs> That's why he was maybe invested in this match. His dad didn't know enough. <laughs> I'd much say I was most invested in this story than any other story on the card. There must be a reason. <laughs> the story was shit, but the match was good. I love the. I love that finish. I love the fact that Shane won despite everything. He he landed the way he landed, and he won it, and I thought that was brilliant. So yeah, eight out of ten. Chris. I'd given oh the rating I'd give it a seven like there's not it's inherently memorable but nothing inherently like good you know it's sort of like the I don't know Star Wars Episode Three of of <laughs> matches like it's inherently memorable which makes you like it but not especially good 
I'm going to go seven as well. Um, I think there are better matches on this card, um, and I think seven, you know, it's definitely better than we thought it was going to be, and I think that's a plus in itself. A match that wasn't very good, though, was the next match, which is the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships between uh, with the Iconics taking the championships from the Bus and, Ho- the Bus and Hog. That is definitely Ooh. their new name. The Bus and Hog connection, <laughs> Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, the Samoan Slaughterhouse, Nia Jax and Tamina. Worst name ever. And the Divas mm. of Doom. Actually, that's the worst name. Uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Now, my my, I have a couple of questions about this match. One, why did it exist? It was shit. Um, second, why did it exist? It was shit. <laughs> Third, um, why were Tamina and Nia Jackson it? Because <laughs> honestly, they didn't do anything, and that's not an exaggeration. They did nothing. Right, I'm, I'm going to level with you. During this match, I felt a bit peckish, so I went off to make some rice. And, um, Who the <laughs> fuck makes rice as a snack? There was, no- there was nothing else. There was literally nothing else in. So you microwaved some Uncle Ben's rice? No, I made, my, I made rice from scratch. I'm not an animal. You made rice from scratch. You grew okay, rice, not from, did you? Not, not from scratch, but like I used like boiled. I was slightly peckish, so I went into my rice fields <laughs> in Scotland. Right, okay. But here's the thing. I was also like about um, two-thirds of a bottle of Jack Daniels in at this point, and it really showed in my tweets because I was asking my best friend if she wanted to be the new Iconics um, with me. And also um, I was like, but this, this tweet makes no sense. It's like, the inflatable tube men failed, dot, 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 relatable. I think I was quite sad at this point. I don't remember this. It's just, it, honestly, and I'm not... It Confessions like, of an alcoholic. Well, yeah, aside from the fact that we we really need to talk about Chris's alcohol intake. Um, but he is Scottish, so, you know... It, it no, does it's quite funny in Blackpool, like, these two had, like, a pack, um, a four-pack of Bud each, and I just had a full bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Um, it, it sounds like I'm slagging off the women's tag team championships. I'm not. I think it's a great idea and it's a great way to get women on the card. A place. It's an inherently good idea because the division is quite bloated when you take into account the two brands. Exactly. But since they're separate, there's no space for it. No, and I mean, which of shows all the, Beth of Phoenix all, was in there. Exactly. Of all the women that you had on the card, Beth Phoenix, why, you know, I know she's a legend, I know she's a Hall of Famer, she doesn't need to be Her in this match. Her speech is still going on. Exactly. It was so contrived, and the Iconics were great. I thought their entrance attire was brilliant, even though they didn't cut to them until they were halfway down the fucking ramp. Um, <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought Bailey and Sasha Banks looked great, as per usual. Nia Jackson, to me, there was physically no absolutely no point in them being in the match because I honestly and I'm not saying this because they're just not memorable people in general because they're not but they didn't do anything in the match they got slammed on the outside and literally that was it they weren't back in the match um Beth Phoenix was in there to take the pin apparently um which she didn't do because Bailey took the pin up with the best bit was the um was the ending segment where Billy Kay tags in just before uh, Beth Phoenix hits uh, the glam slam from the top rope, 
But the problem is, the problem is with a finish like that, is that we had to wait for the replay to actually realise what had happened. Because the cameraman <laughs> missed it the first time. Um, well, but the Iconics won. Very deserving champions. This division was made for the Iconics. It, it makes perfect sense. They're great. They're hilarious. And I'd, for me, this should have been a straight up Iconics versus Boss and Hug Connection match. For me. Yeah. Because yeah. there was no point Nia Jackson to me to being in there. They've already had their opportunity. They were in the Elimination Chamber and they had the one on one with um, the Boss and Hug Connection. Okay, Beth Phoenix and Natalia did not need to be in this match. Okay, no. there was no storyline to that. So what if Nia Jackson to me and no one gives a shit? Okay, <laughs> I mean Bret Hart got a bigger pop than both her and Natalia, and that's just sad. <laughs> um, no, but no, that's the thing. Um, I like even though she came out after Beth Phoenix, I still thought it was Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> um, opinions, guys. Of star ratings, Chris. I don't know. I, I was making rice at the time, Rob. I came in for the ending. That was it. <laughs> was this your rice match? Okay. Um, I'm going to give it five. I've got five. Yeah. I mean, to be like, I did like the ending. It was quite clever. It was it was a nice sort of finish for them, and the fact that nobody had won. I don't think anyone really would have thought that they would win it. Um. No, it was just a yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I, I think that's the best way of describing it. It was there. It was a match. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, it was it was was it the worst match of the night? Probably. Yeah. Fucking, um, you changed your team from the battle royal. Pardon? You changed your team from the battle royal. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. None of the battle royals count. It was the pre-show. Nothing on the pre-show counts. Um, we then move on to quite easy match of the night with the match for the WWE Championship with Kofi Kingston defeating Daniel Bryan in 23 minutes and 45 seconds to be the first ever black WWE champion, which for me is just stupid that we've had to wait this long. Pardon? Yeah. Doesn't Rock technically count? That's what we have in the history. I guess WWE history books and they mean shit. But like, yeah, it's it depends on the narrative you want to. Yeah, it depends on the narrative you want to follow. But the narrative they are currently going with is that Kofi Kingston is the first African American champion, and that you know the fact that WWE has been going as long as it has, and the fact that Kofi has been in the company for eleven years. This match was electric. From the very, very get-go, this was absolutely yeah. stunning. Daniel Bryan will be overlooked in this match because of the because of the result, but the man just—he's an incredible wrestler. He's an incredible storyteller, and he played the heel so so well in this match. He played the sort of you know what can I call it the cocky arrogant i'm better than you heel so much better than anyone was going to give him credit for you know to start with in his heel turn he's been yeah. a fantastic champion and this organic storyline with kofi kingston had so many people invested in it the only thing i would say is we knew kofi was going to win when you had all the people watching backstage sort of telegraphed sort of telegraphed <laughs> it a little bit that kofi was going to win but i think also the fact that the um the plinth of the WWE title was out there and you could clearly see a WWE 
title shaped thing, which then Dan O'Brien but like expertly put his title over it to sort of hide it. Yeah. But you still saw it because the camera because Kevin Dunn wasn't very good at directing. Shock of the day. Um but no, this was this was one of my matches of the weekend. Um not only did Kofi and Daniel Bryan put on an absolute masterclass of wrestling, with Daniel Bryan pulling off one of the counters of just the weekend into a label lock. It was just incredible. But just for pure emotion, for pure entertainment value for and I hate this phrase for a WrestleMania moment. And just the fact that Kofi Kingston has worked so hard and the fact that you were so invested in his character and the fact that he embodies the fact that WWE can occasionally book things right, it gets nine stars. It's it's yeah. just such a great match. Is it technically up there with Okada versus Omega? No. But as a spectacle, as emotionally invested, this wins out for me. Because I'm so much more emotionally invested behind Kofi's storyline, behind Kofi finally getting his chance, his first singles WrestleMania match, not just for the championship at all. That's just baffling. And something that was completely sort of glossed over was the fact that he has now become a Grand Slam champion. Mm. Which fuck, I, really? Yeah, yeah. fuck. <laughs> He's won it. See what I mean? It sort of got glossed over in, you know, the pandemonium that ensued. But that pop, when he finally, after so many attempts, he finally hits Trouble in Paradise and pins Daniel Bryan. The noise was nuclear. It yeah. was unbelievable. And the reaction of Xavier Woods and Big E made it so much better. Just being there with his kids. Honestly, you were so invested in that match, I just I can't say enough good things about it. I really can't. Such a great match, Garth. Was. Agree. Everything that you said, it was. And I don't think I've, I don't think many people, if anyone's mentioned, um, how good the commentary team were on this match as well, all the way through it. <laughs> it was rare because they had a guest commentator on here, didn't they? It was. Was it Booker? No, Booker was Joe versus um, Ray because oh, right. he wasn't around for long. But oh, well, I can't remember who it wasn't. But um, no, I, I mean, it was such I a think good. It was JBL. It was JBL. I love the bit where um, was it um, where Kofi went for a move and Brian just moved out the way. And yeah. Some, and Graves said like Kofi mean it just got cancelled. <laughs> and honestly, like all that sort of little, like those little bits were really selling the whole like. Like the gravitas to the whole match, um, and it's really, really made you sort of buy. And the crowd were really, really into it. Um, just everything about it, and it, it, I think it was the perfect length as well. It didn't go too long. Um, there was that spot where I genuinely thought Kofi wasn't going to win when he had him in the um, the yes lock, or whatever they call it now, like for ages and ages, and he just managed to sort of roll out of it. Um, and then when he hit the um, SOS, that I thought, like, me and me mate were both, when he hit the SOS the first time and he got the two count, it was such such a sort of near fall. The crowd was so into it. Just such a really, really good match. Like, um, sort of emotion-wise. Uh, and the match itself, like, again, it's something that people kind of, haven't mentioned as much that the fact it was like a really good match. So yeah, nine out of ten easily. Loved it. 
Chris? Um, this match. Okay, so like, if this match itself was on like bragging rights for the IC <laughs> title, it would need like maybe an eight. But like, this could, sort of plays into what I said about um, Gagano versus um, winning the title. Wrestling is the only form of fiction that moves in real time in our world. Like, nothing else does that. It's truly unique in that way. So, like, I, it's not like I've been following Kofi Kingston for, like, 15 seasons, like, say, The Doctor. I've been following Kofi Kingston for nine years since he debuted. <laughs> no, 10, eight, 12 so years now years since now? he debuted. Yeah, like, I, he is a childhood favorite of mine, which I know is, is a statement that makes Garth hate me. But, <laughs> um, like, moving, like, the fact that he's sort of been there as a constant for, like, my whole time watching wrestling, this, like, made this exceptionally special. Like, it's sort of like if in, like, Garth's case, Repo Man won the WWE. <laughs> 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 shit. Like, I, I'm trying to think of anyone good from the... It's like if Owen Hart won the title in the, the Robber Garth. Like, it's sort of like that moment of Garth face and, like, right, this childhood favourite who I've literally been follow, following for almost a decade and a half has got his juice. I'll tell you what it's like. It's like when Bulldog beat Brett at um, <laughs> SummerSlam 92. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, actually. Um, and it's just, it's amazing, like, this is a very, like, personal thing to me, because, again, these two aren't quite as young as me. But it, it, was per- it was perfect for, like, someone who started watching when I did, and I'd give it a 10 just for sheer emotion. The only reason it doesn't get a 10 is because it didn't play at SOS. <laughs> <laughs> if it was SOS, God, it would have been an 11. <laughs> Do you know what? Fuck it, we're getting 10. It's WrestleMania. Wow. We're going big. Well, go big or go I home. Th- I was thinking about this before, and I was thinking about the ratings. Like, the way I'd rated um, NXT is different to how I would rate WrestleMania. It's, it's, a, different, it's I'd, a different product. When yeah. I'm rating, like, like I'm, like, um, I sort of have to jump around for different things now, which is rare, which is rare for me. I sort of initiated John, this John, rating system John, for... John. Jump. <laughs> well, jump um, I, I sort of um, initiated, um, started up, do, using this for. Uh, Sorry, I'm <laughs> <now>. <laughs> um, I, start, I started doing this for like New Japan only, so I now have to do these ratings on like, there's no objectivity to the ratings. Like, I will That's say it. if anyone listens and sort of just waits for the ratings, but they're not, they're not the critical analysis. <laughs> like, the ratings are literally just my overall enjoyment of a match, and I can't imagine enjoying a match much more when I enjoyed this. So. Well, you have to sort of put it in context with what you're reviewing. Like, uh, 9 out of 10 WWE wouldn't necessarily be a 9 out of 10 No, exactly. NXT. Again, like if, if this was a, say, say if this was on, um, like, midway through um, Wrestle Kingdom without, like, this very, very WWE story... Meh, but like as with that investment in there, mm-hmm. um, inherently I am more invested, which makes me enjoy the match more. So like objectively, like in Kenny Omega versus Kushida from Wrestle Kingdom Ten is better than this. Yeah. But at the same time, I prefer this because I am more emotionally invested. Yeah. It's weird, like it's an overall enjoyment level. I just it's thought it's not. It's not. It's not like them rating a fucking movie. Yeah. Versus, I just thought. I bring it up because I've seen some people just giving people shit on social media. That's because Marks can fuck off, Rob. Um, Marks can actually fuck off. But, like, 
especially for um, one of the later segments where it was like, oh, it was fucking embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. That's the whole point. Um, but You're watching enjoy- people fake fights. Yeah, it's enjoyment and it's fun and it's hogbacks and it's this whole, th- I mean, this whole thing is like, uh, it's a hogback to like your generation watching it and which will be a majority of that crowd. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely, I'm happy to give it a 10. Okay. And then we got the singles match for the WWE United States Championship with Samoa Joe retaining over Rey Mysterio in one single minute. Now, this apparently was touch and go whether this match was going to happen at all because of Rey Mysterio's injury he picked up on Monday against Baron Corbin. Um, just proving again that Baron Corbin can do literally fucking nothing right. Um <laughs> But it it was one minute long. Rey Mysterio started hot and then got caught in the cocaine clutch. Samoa Joe looked dominant. I, I don't feel like we can rate it more than a two. I'm I'm reluctant to give it a dud, which we shall be giving later on. Um, but what were we? Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll give the, I'll give this a ten. You're giving this a ten, are you? Because Samoa Joe won at WrestleMania. Yeah. Of the day, how I feel, how I feel about Kofi. What I, what I feel about Kofi is what Garth feels about Joe. Yeah. We're nah, not giving it ten. <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard to give it a rating really because. No, but I think we sort of, we sort of went into this with Rouge. like because in terms of like enjoyment, these squash matches are very enjoyable because like it's a sort of a shock thing because this something like this doesn't happen to especially often and like and depending on how you feel about who's being squashed and who did the squashing can vary like it can be like feel like a 10 enjoyment feel like a one in enjoyment and i personally quite enjoyed this because it was quick and i forgot ray was injured yeah and i did enjoy ray's entrance as yeah you do. Uh, to what, he came out as someone none, no one it, expected was it aquaman no it was, no no it wasn't fucking he called yourself a nerd it's it's mysterio from spider-man See, I, I thought that, but I thought, no, why would he do that? Because um, he's a villain in Far he's From in, Home. He's in Far, Far From Home, yeah. Far, Far yes. From Home? <laughs> he's in Far, Far, Far From Home. Yeah, well, I, it, was, it was good. I was I was a little bit uh, disappointed that um, Dominic Mysterio didn't come out, though. <laughs> oh, and, I'm uh, so... No, that's, and that's Joe didn't beat him up as well. <laughs> That's the biggest tragedy in um, history. He was um, Dominic turned up in Lucha Underground, but he never did anything. And I was like, I want to see what Lucha Underground would do with Dominic Mysterio. I want because Lucha Underground would probably put him on the ladder. <laughs> so, basically, in in conclusion to this match, I'm giving it a two. The reason I'm giving it a two and not a dud is because we all enjoyed the fact that Samoa Joe continues to be dominant. And in previous podcasts, I've said, I want Samoa Joe to have a dominant United States Championship reign, similar to how yeah. Rusev had a dominant United States Championship reign. And he's, reign. O- he's already beaten more credible challenges than Rusev did for the most part. So. Exactly. So for that, we're giving it two. We can't give it anything higher. <laughs> it went 60 seconds. But that's yeah. that's our thoughts behind it. have a lot if of fun in 60 seconds, Rob. Twice. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we then got to the singles match between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, with Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre with a single spear 
in 10 minutes, 10 seconds. Um, Garth. Um, the best part about this was the fucking shit ton of pyro that Roman got. Correct. That, that was unbelievable. <laughs> He's the big dog. Um, it was... I don't know, it was... Boring. Yeah, it was all right. It was a, it was a, it was a raw match. It was, and I think that's a problem. I don't know how up to speed Roman is. Yeah, I don't know how up to speed Roman is after his recovery either. Um, He seems to have lost a little bit of muscle mass. Obviously, understandably, the man has had leukemia and beat it. Who's the real winner here? Um, But you know, this match, I felt it was it was another one that I felt was cut short. I felt like these two could have had a really, really good match, but you're right, I felt yeah. this was a, not even a raw main event match. I felt this was a, you know, a match we've seen four, five, six, seven times in the last couple of Raws. So for me, I can't give it above a six, and I think a six is being generous. I've I think gone, a six is being very generous. I've like this five. match. Um, but the fact is, the entrances were the best part of this match. Like, we didn't even mention Drew's entrance. I really, like, despite the fact that Gaff pointed out it was an Irish matching band, which I should have seen because I am Scottish, but um, I, I did really enjoy the entrance. It reminded me a lot yeah. of his takeover entrance, except the fucking band are really bad at not miming when they're told not to. Like, <laughs> this happened last time because we used the exact same fucking band. It's the New York um, bagpipe band. I like the dude. There's always this one dude, and fucking, I hope he fucking not dies. That's a bit far. I, I, I hope he has. I hope he gets his dick tra- trapped in a window. Because, um... <laughs> Chris, I'm just gonna stop you there, just briefly, just because I want you to describe the scenario in which a man would have his dick <laughs> caught in a window. Have you not ever watched Family Guy? Not yes. Not his fly, but a window. Yeah, like he's he's perving on someone. He looks like a pervert, and um, his the does window he, force. Does he based on what? I I really don't like him, Rob, because I haven't even got around to why I don't like him. Every time the drums have stopped, he keeps fucking like drumming out of time, just just so he's doing something. Fuck off, you ADD piece of shit. Chris's uh, opinions do not uh, represent those of Podmania podcast. If it, if it, if it helps, you're probably not surprised, but I do have ADD, so it's not. We're just going to skate over, Chris, just very, very briefly. Uh, <laughs> so, does everyone agree five here? Yeah. Yeah. No one really pissed me off about this. Fucking crowd booing Roman Reigns. Yeah, whoever, whoever booed Roman Reigns, Fuck, whoever thinks it's now cool to boo Roman Reigns again absolutely fuck off here's the thing like it's one of those like i'm not i've never been one to like boo roman i've always think he's like i i always point back to his first match of brock because i think i brought gaff to my way around thinking that was an amazing match and it was a good um, match it was a big event mate (laughs) um the thing is it's sort of that thing, thing of you don't know whether or not you should treat someone different after a tragedy happens, whether or not that's condescending. So I can kind of still see it from that aspect. I don't know. It's a very dicey thing. Whether it, It's whether it turns into something similar to the the Kurt Angle, you suck things. Yeah, I get it. Like if it's like an endearment. Like sort of like a scene of thing. An internal like endearment. Thing. I think he has learned to... He has learned to He's yeah. learned to go with the crowd. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and it depends how Roman reacts to that. I, ju- I just I hope that people have got a shred of decency. I think I, I will think... be honest. Roman Reigns is a complete different performer than he was, you know, 2015. I've got a feeling he can probably handle it. I think the moment that it all changed for him was when he delivered that promo after WrestleMania 33 and he just walked in, spent like five minutes in the ring, not said a word as he was getting booed out of the building and then just uttered the words, it's my yard now and walked off. It was, <laughs> it was that and then like three, four months later his feud with Cena, that really helped. Uh, it did, but he did risk getting buried by John Cena. But I imagine being in that exchange... No, because like for 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 two weeks he was, but then like he adapted. Like John's, it's sort of like when you promo with Paul Heyman, it naturally drags you up. So yeah, like 100%. Roman Reigns is still like in a weird spot. Despite the fact he's has several world championships, he's not quite reached his like ceiling. Yeah. No, like, he's, not, he's not. He's not because he does have the potential to be massive. It's just that like we haven't fans haven't got over rejecting him yet. He hasn't had that match where he's pulled out. All of his arsenal as well, you know. Like where yeah. Cena will have, he's not. He's not been given. Where... He's not been given the best opponents though. It's been Cena. I mean. like, Cena, Cena had that match with AJ, and he pulled out all these moves that he never used to do. Roman hasn't had that yet. No. I think he will. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even before that, going back to Cena, you know, you got Cena versus CM Punk. Mm. So you know, I'm sure he'll be out. And then Chris, you mentioned that Roman Reigns have been feuding with Brock for the last year and a half. Yeah, but who's he been feuding with before that? Braun Strowman. So it's yeah, not exactly like, like he's the been last in there. Feud with someone competent was either Brock when he was trying a few years ago, or AJ. So. Yeah, when AJ first came on, so that was 2016. Yeah. So you're, you're and that, right. And that's he hasn't when exactly AJ wasn't quite on. credible enough in the WWE context to be a believable challenger. I think AJ and Roman now would yeah. be the perfect feud for Roman. Yeah, absolutely. So we move on now to. <laughs> <laughs> What was the longest match on the card, and fucking hell did it feel like it? We have the no-holds-barred match with the added stipulation that if Triple H lost, he would be forced to retire from in-ring competition. And we had Triple Uh, H, Triple H, Triple H, defeating Batista in 24 minutes and 45 seconds. I really enjoyed this. You've, You've skipped something very important. Are we going to talk about the Elias skit? Yes. Oh, oh! do we skip that? Fuck. Also, first of all, can I quickly mention a backstage skit with Alexa and the B team where they were wearing Daniel Bryan wind shirts. He was like, we well, can buy these shirts which were made in full confidence of Daniel Bryan win. <laughs> which really played into the story, which I really liked. But yeah, we, we are not skipping over this John Cena segment. Go on then. I loved it. Like, I loved it. Da- Elias excellent. played with a virtual band. Elias is the new Gorillas, And... Um, then John Cena came out, Doctor of Thugonomics. Oh my god, the pop. Like, I watched this the morning after, slightly hungover. And um, just, it, it cured my hangover. I was so happy. I watched the whole segment as soon as it was, it was done. John Cena had some amazing quips. Like, um, this looks like one of my movies because it really sucks. <laughs> yes, John. And, like, it was so cool. It's like that dad who, tr- uh, no, it's like that teacher who tries to be cool by using Fortnite to teach maths. And I, I loved it. It was amazing. It, it brought me the biggest smile. It was my mania moment. I, I really enjoyed it. I really, really like. It was the perfect way to get seen on the card. There was all the sort of sort of whisperings about him maybe he's being Kurt's opponent, but 
turned out he wasn't, but I thought it was good. I, the the little video about Babe Ruth and stuff before was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, being where it was, but um, I thought it was brilliant. And Elias and Cena had quite a good sort of big chemistry there again. So yeah, as a segment, I give it eight out of ten. I'd give it a ten. <laughs> it was a thing. Um, <laughs> so now you're not fun, Rob. So now we move on to the Triple H Batista match. Fucking hell, this dragged I mean, in the middle. The trip oh, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. I think it's because like this was like the third segment. Um, after like after I started watching it, I started watching it at Drew versus um Roman. Roman the night before. Um, when I woke up, and the fact that I think this is the second one, one I watched really helped. I thought this match was great. I thought it was brutal at times. Then like nasty bumps from both men. Um, the nose ring spot um, being pulled out spot. Well, obviously so, bollocks because like it was obviously a different nose ring, and then Batista obviously was. went out to take it out. But like, if you suspend your disbelief, gentlemen, exactly, um, and the, it's, it's the whole idea that Triple H wanted to do all of that stuff. Yeah, like the story was great. The outcome was great because Ric Flair basically screwed Batista. So like, yeah. no one with no one really loses out. Batista still looks great in victory. He looks like a fucking beast. Triple H looks like a fucking sadist, which can help play into his future character. I don't see many downsides with this match, to be honest with you, Rob. My issue was the lull in the middle of the match, and I don't think it needed to go twenty-four minutes at all. Let me just <laughs> Um, I think it needed to go 20. I think it went at least four minutes too long. Um, don't get me wrong. You know, the bits of the match that were brutal were brilliant. You know, the stuff with uh, Triple H going to cut Batista's fingers off with the uh, with the scissors was great. With the scissors, with the pliers was great. You know, the bit with the stairs where you got Batista DDT and Triple H onto it and then you got Batista taking that horrendous powerbomb bump. Um it was, it was a well. good. The table bumps were all horrendous. You actually felt Batista's back crack. Um, this would have been a 10 out of 10 if Lego had been introduced. If Lego had been introduced, holy shit. Um, there wasn't as much blood as I anticipated it being, especially as it was supposed to be, you know, it was being billed as this horrific fight to the death, we hate each other feud. And it, it just felt like every other no holds very, barred very match. Very few of the things. Um warranted blood anyway so one like, of them very did get few... hit in the face with a sledgehammer chris right okay okay all right okay i said most of the things rob sledgehammer chris most of the things triple h got ddt'd onto steel steps most of the things also can we take a moment to appreciate how much batista's head looks like a testicle <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so wrinkly his that's head is so wrinkly. I think if you put Triple H and Batista next to each other, like it looks like testicles, but like what they, they have do look like testicles, like, really, really scarred like, testicles. Like testicles, but one of them has a lump on them, and you're like, I should probably go check that out, but I also don't want the toxins touching my testicles, like thing. One that looks like it's been razor bladed a thousand times. <laughs> the testicles after a vasectomy. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna ignore that and move. You don't say that and not expect me to take it to a logical extreme. Exactly. Um, I feel like this is gonna be a strange one, but star rating, Chris. I'd give it an eight. I really enjoyed it. Garth. Eight. Fuck. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought. It I told hate a both really, of you. I hate both of you. Story. 
was this really the second best match of the night? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Possibly. Name really? A Name a better. Oh, shit. <laughs> Triple H's uh, entrance was as, oh. you know, sort of a... Uh, he sort of held a, held a little... What was it meant to be? <laughs> what was it meant to be? I think... Was it supposed Mad to Max. be Mad Max? Oh, right. I've never, see, I've never seen... I've never seen Mad Max, so... It was... Ju- it was... <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. If it's not from 2005 or after, uh, Garth, he hasn't seen it. Um, what about Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah, that... No. no I've not yeah. seen that. Possibly. Either, to be fair. It was so. fucking just bizarre. It was bizarre, and it took ages as well to get yeah. the door Batista's, up, Batista's to get the car out. like twice. Oh, God, I know. So, so much. He, did, was he enter- does walk for miles inside this pit of danger, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, but he was entertaining watching Batista sort of try and start an argument with Triple H's dad. That was quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the fact that he tripped up getting in the ring, so he got out, walked back round and got back in. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a fucking Survivor Series 2008 or whatever when Melina fucked up the splits. How do you fuck up the splits? Not bad. Yeah, Melina. Like apparently, um, apparently, like some of the fans are saying that during Triple H's entrance, he was sort of joking and laughing with like the ringside people and the the, the fans in the corner. He was like shaking hands with them and stuff. Big Dave, yeah, big nice, <laughs> big, nice big Dave. I love He's big such Dave. a good guy. I love Batista. He's fucking I men. I've keep on these adverts on YouTube about new movies, and it's just adorable. It's just him it's just a kid going, do we look cool? And he's like, you have to ask, and no. But in this case, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should take a moment as well just to announce the inevitable, really, that Batista, after this match, took to Instagram to say that he has officially retired from sports yeah. entertainment, which... This is a great match to go out on. Yeah. Like, it was... let's, let's just sum up. Batista's career pretty well, like really good, but like never quite top. It was never quite better than Triple H, uh, yeah. even though before this match he was two and zero against Triple H. Batista was my first ever world heavyweight champion, so yeah, it's fine. It was a good. It was a, it was a good match. I just felt it lulled and it went too long, but I am outvoted. I miss the little we are giving it eight beard he had. Yeah. yeah. I'm missing the belly button tattoo, which is not honest, I, I, I really like the fact that he came out and not to go animal tights instead of like 2014 return tights. Yeah, we didn't have which the loose were, Easter. Which were like smaller than fucking Kelly Klein's. Oh yeah, they were very, very, very they were, they, they, were uncom- they were uncomfortably small. Right. Singles match for Kurt Angle's retirement. Baron Corbin defeats Kurt Angle in six minutes and five seconds. Shite. He almost necked himself. <laughs> the thing is, Angle can't work anymore. He almost necked himself on the on his moon. So he needed an AJ. He needed someone like that. He needed to... someone who's not Baron Corbin. And that's yeah, not he... because, and that's not me ragging on Baron Corbin, even I though ca- I take Baron every Corbin, opportunity to rag on Baron, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is carryable. Like the six man at backlane, pretty good. Yeah, it's because he knocked himself out in the crowd like halfway through and we didn't have to see him. Right, okay, I didn't remember the details, Rob. Um, or, like, his feud with Joe, that was pretty fun. His feud with Rhino was fun. Like, Baron Corbin is carryable. And... You think Baron Corbin's feud with Rhino was fun? Uh, I was, like, 15, Rob. Um... Oh, in NXT. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he had a feud with Rhino on Raw. <laughs> um, but anyway... Um... I've lost my train of thought. But yeah, like, Baron Corbin is, could have been a good stop on Kurt Angle's retirement. So, not his last match. It, it like, just. I'd like, I, 
I didn't believe it up until the point the bell rang. I cannot believe that Kurt Angle's career, the stuff the man has put into that company, the fact that he wrestled, he main evented WrestleMania with a broken neck. He made TNA. He made TNA, exactly. The man is a wrestling legend, and the way that we are supposed to remember his retirement is against Baron fucking Corbin. We should do something. How, 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 how. When you have got John Cena, and this is why I couldn't enjoy the Elias skit. Because you have got John Cena there. He's at the venue. In my head, I was like, there's others they could do. Like, I I didn't know who, but I was like, surely this is not going to be Baron Corbin. I propose on the next wrestling class after after the next one, we do an angle special just to sort of offset this. Yeah. Yeah. The, The thing is. Just have any of the SmackDown six. Yeah, you had on, you had on that card. <laughs> you had <laughs> you had Rey Mysterio. You know, yeah, you had he's ended well. So. Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe could have came out exactly. It? Joe, John Cena, Brock. Obviously, you're not going to have Brock, but you get my thought. Yeah, um, Angle's neck. Bye uh, <laughs> yeah, bye, Angle's neck. Um, you Christian? had all these people that he could have feuded with. Undertaker. Almas, have Almas come out and have a surprise victory. Make Almas. Just, I, I don't understand because Baron Corbin became Raw GM, the least memorable of all Kurt Angle's feuds, and that's the man to retire him. I know it's um, supposed to gain heat on Baron Corbin, but yeah. it's not heat on Baron Corbin if you don't give a fuck about him. You can only assume that Kurt Angle gave the green light and he was happy to give him the big I rope. don't think Kurt Angle's had any, He was ranting think, on Twitter. Yeah, he's had no input on this at all. I, he, I, he, he looked visibly upset. Yeah. I mean, he was retiring, to be fair, Chris. No, like, not beyond, like, this wasn't like, oh, I'm retiring, I'm going to miss you all upset. This is... Until tomorrow oh, night, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, if that wasn't an in-ring return, he'd just put on an ankle lock. Any, I could put on an ankle lock. Um, but... I just... I, I'm, Disappointed that this is how we're supposed to remember Kurt Angle. He yeah, deserved like, better. And for, like, for, for career, me, it's... this man's had he's Ma- many he's he's many people's favourite yeah. Like, yeah. for good reason. The match exactly. itself wasn't particularly special either. It was no. Yeah. I'm giving it a three. I give it four. Can, I think we should be the dad because nothing was good about this match. I like I understand this Angle's last match and like the okay. respect thing here, but. I cannot bring myself to give Kurt Angle's retirement match a dud. But like for me, there's nothing enjoyable about, but like with the exception of the entrances, which I'm not factoring into the match itself. I just, I, I think, I think, maybe yeah, uh, just the ending. <laughs> no, because even what Angle did was pretty. Like what Angle could do was pretty poor. He needed someone to carry him again. Mm-hmm. Co- the best part of this match was Corbin's out in clothesline because that's. Uh, that's the third coolest move he does. Yeah, I I can't. I, f- I, know I physically you... can't. I'm sorry. It's it's gonna have to stay as a. If you think it's a four, I think it's a three, and Chris thinks it's a dud. I think that averages out as a three. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I think I, it I like, out I like, like the ending though. Like the last promo was really heartfelt. Yeah, and th- to be honest, I'm going to factor that into why we don't give it a dud. The end of the day is a great It is, but Angle can't take it properly. 
Can't take a can't even take a fucking German suplex anymore or a DDT. Yeah. So we've we've had many many years of Kurt Angle taking ridiculous bumps. So I think we yeah. can afford yeah, to like, let him off. I, I I do kind of wish Angle left his TNA retirement talk because that's pretty good. He had a lot of good matches with a lot of good mm-hmm. people. I wish he he'd that. I wish he'd ended it there. So do I. Semi main event now. Uh, the WWE Intercontinental Championship match with Demon Finn Balor, sorry Garth, defeating Bobby Lashley <laughs> for the Intercontinental or Finn Balor's entrance, and that is it. Yeah. yeah. Also, the, the fact the weirdness of seeing Leo Rush of all people at WrestleMania. Yeah, very, very strange. Um, though, can you imagine Leo Rush versus Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship? Holy shit. Um <laughs> I'm going to give this... Literally, I'm not skating over this match. This had less to talk about than the Joe match, and the Joe match went one minute. Um, I feel like this is a three, to be perfectly honest. What, we had the Bobby Lashley spear and then the Finn Balor coup de gras. That's that's literally it. The Lashley spear's pretty good, though. I like like that. I like... Bobby Lashley is copied off Moose by doing that little flip thing that he does. No, no, that's the thing. He copied it off Moose. Then Moose came to fucking impact and wasn't allowed to do it anymore. <laughs> do awesome. do you have any? Do you have any issue like, with me giving it a three? I, I liked the um, the thingy through the ropes. Um, the power bomb by Balor was pretty cool. Uh, but, I forgot about the power bomb. I mean, the thing is, like the the, the booking of this just totally it hurts the belt because they take yeah, it off just, two weeks ago and then give it back now. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, Bala has it to at least on the plan. Well, I had it down as a four, but I'm happy to give it a three because it was. Yeah. I'm fine with a three. Like if you put it's, it's such a shame, it's fucking Finn Bala. If you put put together the number of abs in that ring and divide it by a certain number, it probably comes to a three. So I'll give it a three. <laughs> um, and finally, the main event. Main event. The historic, the historic. main event. <laughs> and if I'd had a nickel. For every time they mention the word historic, I don't know how much I would have because I don't know how much a nickel's worth. But you'd be, make, you'd be making a trip down to that foreign exchange place. I really, really would, and I would earn thirty-five pence. But it was a winner-takes-all. <laughs> it was a winner-takes-all triple threat match for both the WWE Raw Women's Championship and the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship with Becky Lynch, the man going over both Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair for both titles in 21 minutes and 30 seconds. This was disappointing. Yeah, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. The entrances were great. Was this a WrestleMania main event, though? Well, considering the last four or three, maybe... I mean, really? Reigns but... versus Taker, Reigns versus Triple H, Reigns versus Lesnar too. This is better than all of them. I honestly think if this has been earlier on the card, the crowd would be much more into it. Yeah, yeah. This, but this also, is Becky like, Lynch. Storyline-wise, this should have been on last. If this was on last in a show that was three hours as opposed yeah, to yeah. seven. Yeah. Yes. Like Brian Alvarez said on the way out, no one was talking about the main event. Everyone was talking about how tired they were. Like, the short and mania or make it into like two day, three, four hour specials and then. Yeah. 
you're fine. And like, and then like all these pre-show matches don't feel as rushed. It's a, it's a perfect solution. But like, in terms of this match, first of all, I want to do bring mention to the entrances, Charlotte's entrance from the helicopter. Amazing. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was I, just, thought, I thought Gaff would love that. It um, was like old, it was like old school Ric Flair, wasn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. It reminded me of Ric Flair, just the extravagance, just like out of the leather jacket for warmth onto the rope. I remember it was a very clear cut because she clearly had trouble getting the rope on. Yeah. But um, and then like um, John Jack playing Ronda out. Well, like it's not everyone's favorite song. I think it's I think it's, it's cool. But that like, means- I think. Like she, like she clearly can't go anymore. But like Dave Grohl really likes her for a reason. Like she, she's fun. She's, she's a pioneer. So yeah. So uh, well, um, the whole thing with that is was bloody Ronda coming out, giving her all smiles, and then turning on a little spoiled black face. <laughs> she went very quickly from Tommy Pickles to Angelica Pickles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was just. I miss Rugrats. I like the point when um. When Flair was making the the entrance, and Corey Graves said, like sort of, Rick had said, like she's no longer his daughter; he's her dad. Yeah, the other that way was around, great. So I think that was a really good call. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after the ESPN thing, where they just put Charlotte Flair as Rick Flair's daughter. Yeah, very very <laughs> harsh. Um, there was nothing inherently wrong with this match. I mean, aside from the botched ending. Which I think that's thing. If the ending had gone through a problem, which was apparently Charlotte tapping out, I think we'd look more favorably because the ending was a botch inherently. But like the actual meat and potatoes of this match was really good. Like um, Ronda being dominant, the other two working hard to get them to get her out, and then her eventually coming and get her out, and then like everyone had a moment of looking dominant. Like yeah. this didn't always just descend into a one on one. There were um, pretty decently paced segments of all three people. And like I think was was overall really good, and like literally had had the complete time that it was allotted, it would have went well. There was a miscommunication. They should really fucking start telling refs what the finishes. <laughs> they like, really should. Fucking like how many times has this happened? Like it happened with AJ versus Kevin. Um, it happened with fucking Taker and Brock at SummerSlam, which caused fucking confusion. Like start fucking telling refs what the finishes. Or at least start telling the fucking timekeeper what the finish is. Just very, Clue very bizarre. In. Yeah, Clue very, very bizarre in. ending um, to uh, the match that they were hyping so much. You know, it was it, it deserved if, if it to had, be the main event. If, if it had done what, if, like, if literally, like, if they tell the refs the finish, this won't happen. Like, you can make up bullshit excuses for a kick out. It's very easy to do. Paul Heyman made ECW off of bullshit excuses, mm-hmm. like. You, it's not really like it's, but it's sort of the women's fault, and it's not like. I, I, it's a very hard thing to kick no, out, of, especially I mean, after ref, twenty minutes. The ref should have saw that. Yeah, but also the ref is another finish. Yeah, they they true. make a point of not telling refs what the finish is or even who's winning. So it's, overall, it was very just, strange. It was a good match. There was a lot of good sort of spots. There was a lot of. I'm Everyone trying to be got... nice to it because, like, it didn't get its. It didn't get what it was actually allotted. Uh, everyone got their stuff in. I mean, to be fair, Ronda Rousey should fucking bump like a motherfucker in this one. Oh, actually, she fucking she really did. Ronda, like, last thing, me and Gav had this argument in the group chat the other night. Um, he's massive into Shayna Baszler in more ways than one. And, um, <laughs> oh, God. I. <laughs> fucking, I. She's very um, powerful. 
Yeah, she was like, <laughs> I've never heard Gaff's voice be deeper, apart from maybe when he's talking about Tessa. But, um... Oh my god, Tessa. <laughs> Diamond in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, the fact is, this is Ronda Rousey's first year, and what, she's had classic matches with Flair, class- um, this would have been a classic <clears throat> match if it wasn't for that botch. Classic match at Mania. Like, she's done especially well for her first year. And, like, it shows how hard she works. Because when she has a big match coming up, she will spend a f- she will spend two solid weeks in the performance center. Like, when she's not in Raw, she'll be in the performance center working to make sure she can be as good as she can be. Which, like, Nia Jax, take some fucking notes. Um, why also, Tamina. Go- why do you need to go to the performance center if you're just going to lie on the outside for your match? <laughs> I was, I, was trying, I was trying to be kind to these people, Rob. I made a point of saying I'm being kind to these people. But, okay. um, Taking off your kind hat for a moment. It's not the hat, they're glasses. <laughs> what do you give this? Like, last thing, I really enjoyed it. I did actually really enjoy it before I realised it was a bot. I would give it a seven. I've got seven, yeah. Okay, we'll give it a seven. I've got six, but perhaps I'm just... I think the ending just, I think the ending coupled with the fact that I was exhausted um, perhaps soured me slightly and the fact that you know we talked about how crowd involvement and how emotion really helped the Kofi match and that's what this match lacked for me. Yeah, They were kind of, they had that at the start and then like they realised, oh fuck I've, I've been awake since fucking 6am probably <laughs> it is now 1 and it's yeah. basically me after I go to uni with one hour sleep. Exactly. That that is what we should take from this. Basically, WrestleMania thirty five is Chris's hungover Mondays. <laughs> um, you could you, you could towards the end of that match, you could sort of hear the fact that the crowd were just so burnt out, and they were, yeah, they were done. A lot of them had left. <laughs> I don't understand how you can leave before the WrestleMania main event. I don't give a shit how oh. tired you are. You have spent it's not, it's a not fucking like it's backlash. Ridic- yeah, you have spent so much fucking money on it. You don't leave. That's just oh. ridiculous. That I really is people, ridiculous. I think people were sort of starting to head out to get home because it started pissing down already. Oh, did did you see the queues afterwards on the yeah. to, for the train? Absolutely. Because like, it's not in New York, it's in the shadow of New York, New Jersey. Yeah, and... it's called New Jersey WWE. It's not a, It's not an evil place, you can call it oh, New Jersey. Of, like a King of the Ring 93, um, they were in somewhere Ohio, and we just said in the heart of Ohio because they, did, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They said in the heartland of America. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to say they were running a show in Ohio. Which is weird because you look at the crowd and, then, and you just go, yeah, this is either Florida or oh, Ohio. I've forgotten about that. But, um, yeah, fucking, the queues were so massive, and, like, it would have been hard to get on, tra- like, it was too big to actually get on the trains, and then the trains wouldn't have been super regular, because it's fucking 1am over there. Like, apparently, um, Brian Zane of Wrestling with Regret was there, like, they leave, like, w- midnight, 1 o'clock, didn't get back to the hotel room until 4am. Jesus Christ. That's a long day, that's nearly 24 hours. Yes. Oh, sorry, 12 hours, not 24 hours. No, it is. Yeah, because 12, no, 12 hours would be 4 hours. o'clock. But like, it's, but just, if you take into account Mania, it's 12 hours. It's, yeah. Let it's... alone getting up, getting breakfast, maybe checking out one of the morning shows, um, train over there. 
um, get into your seats and then like this massive eight and a half hour long show, probably sitting next to a cunty mark throughout the duration, which is tiring in itself. Um, just, I know what's up by you at TakeOver. They, they, have to, they have to do something about it for the next one. They won't. But no, they won't because they like, sold out. They sold it I out. They're not going to do anything. The next one's going to be in Saudi Arabia. This year, more than ever. I mean, it's like in the... Tampa. It's been announced, but yeah, okay. People have um, <laughs> I forgot about that. People have took to sort of Twitter and stuff to call them out on it. Even sort of um, Brian Alvarez put a thing up. Oh, yeah, Alvarez put stuff up about that. I did mention that earlier. I think. Yeah. Um, everyone seemed to be sort of calling them out and stuff like that, and it's just. I think this year was the worst of it. Possibly, like this is yeah. the first time since it's, May. This is the first time since Mania twenty nine. I did not sit through a whole Mania all the way through. It's the first time I think that the the main event really suffered. <laughs> really? Do you not remember last year? No, but I mean, oh, thirty two. That was smart to ruin it though. This is this was people literally just not being too tight to give a shit. Yeah. And I think people wanted to. Ki- to really be in on it, but I mean, I know I'm um, sitting. No, I think, once again, I think splitting this into two made me enjoy this mania a lot more than you two. Yeah. No, I enjoyed this mania. I enjoyed this mania. But... No, that's the thing, but I think, I, that's the thing, but like, I've been a lot more positive throughout this review, especially through the later sections, um, because um, for me, mania was two, two and a half hour shows as opposed to one um, four hour show. Yeah. Um, five hour show. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. If you had to give this show a rating then out of 10, what are we giving it, guys? Seven. Uh, Garth. Sorry. Seven. Sorry, seven. Chris. Go on. Chris, you give it a seven. Garth. Never mind. Yeah, are you giving seven. it a seven? I agree. I think it is a better mania. I don't think there are many inherently bad matches, whereas last year we ragged on the Nakamura match, didn't we, and things like that. Um, but I think this was a really, you know, it was a decent mania. You can't complain about the, the standard. Um, I think the only issue we have is just just the length. And it is extremely difficult to, to ask people to sit and, you know, react in the way you want them to react for, you know, almost eight hours it, it's just a lot to do there's no point moaning about it because nothing's going to change they're not yeah. going to change anything about it so there's no point moaning but this is how brexit happened rob <laughs> yeah yes i think that's probably a better way of dealing with brexit is probably just you know put it on the mania card um <laughs> it would get lost in the shuffle yeah just belgium versus <laughs> england um so yeah, overall, ladies and gentlemen, those are our thoughts on what was a fucking long night, but you know, overall, a really, really good mania. Um, time aside, I think you've just got to take that, you know, you've just got to take that with a pinch of salt. If I'm perfectly honest, you've you've bared you've bore witness to history, irrelevant of how many times the WWE have tried to throw that down your throat. You know, the women main evented, and it was a good match aside from the botch. You've got the WWE Championship match, which was an absolutely stellar match. Um, the Triple H Batista match was good, if not a bit long. Miz and Shane blew away any thoughts of you know us thinking it would be a shit match. It was actually really enjoyable. Uh, Randy Orton turned up. Who'd have thought that was going to happen? Um, and you know the women's tag match happened. So overall. It was a really, really good mania. Um, all babyface wins in the championship matches, which, you know, is surprising. I mean, the main championship matches, obviously, I don't mean the lower level type um, championships, but even so. And 
let's not forget, boys and girls, this menu was massively historic for one person. And I'm going to leave you on this. It was a historic moment for Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at RealRobGoodsween. Chris, they can find you at CandyChris97. Shit Twitter handle. <laughs> bullying. Garth, bullying. They can find you at Garthamania. Um, check us out on any podcast pl- platform. We're literally everywhere. We're like syphilis. Um, please check us out. Go to podmania.co.uk where you can check out lists, articles, our match ratings, our pay-per-view pickums where Chris is now level with me at seven points apiece. We know, we know, we know, we know. Your Twitter handle is still CandyChris97. You cannot abuse anyone. I, I, um, I feel like the guy, I feel like the guy um, Taserface from Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Taserface. I forgot <laughs> about Taserface. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We'll be returning to our regularly programmed, uh, regular sort of scheduled programming later on next week. So tune in for the Wrestling Classic on Thursday before we return to our normal format on Monday night. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've had a great WrestleMania weekend here's looking forward to money in the bank and we'll talk to you guys again soon you've been listening to the Podmania pro wrestling podcast follow us on twitter at Podmania, facebook at Podmania Podcasts and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans.